1: In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
2: is going on a road trip. I thought... Hey y'all, Eves here. We're doubling up today with two events in history. On with the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to this day in history class, where we learn a smidgen of history every day. The day was April 14th, 1912. Violet Constance Jessup was working as a stewardess aboard the Royal Mail ship Titanic when it crashed into an iceberg. Violet calmly escorted passengers to boats, and eventually she escaped from the Titanic on a lifeboat. But it wouldn't be the last time Violet would survive a sinking ship. Violet's mother worked as a stewardess in the Royal Mail line, a shipping company, for five years but her mom's health deteriorated, and she was no longer up for the job. Violet was working as a governess, but she wasn't making nearly enough money to take care of her siblings and mother. So Violet also decided to pursue a job as a stewardess in the Royal Mail line to support her family. Violet's interviewer told her that she was too young and too pretty to be a stewardess, but she got the job anyway. She started on the Orinoco, traveling to the Caribbean, It was a tough job, and Violet didn't have any experience in it, so she basically had to learn as she went. She had to run passengers' errands, clean cabins, and tend to sick passengers, among other taxing responsibilities. Being stuck on a ship with passengers and crew who could be bothersome and demanding while still having to complete difficult work was a feat. But she acclimated, and she enjoyed her time in port cities, where she could get some relief from her work and have a little leisure time. But Jessup was fired from her job when a captain who was romantically interested in her accused her of flirting with officers. That's when she got a job as a stewardess for the White Star Line, another British shipping company. She'd heard that the routes its ships took were particularly treacherous, and there was word that its passengers expected superior service from crew. But since her exit from the Royal Mail job wasn't on good terms, she ended up taking the job at White Star anyway. And it went pretty well. Her passengers liked her. Because she was a crowd favorite, Violet was chosen to serve aboard the Olympic on its maiden voyage in 1911. Violet was happy aboard the Olympic, and she didn't seem phased by its collision with the HMS Hawk in September of that year. She continued her work on the ship after it was out of commission for a couple of months. But Violet's friends convinced her to join the crew of the White Star Line's Titanic when she was selected to work on its maiden voyage. When the Titanic collided with the iceberg that caused its demise, Violet was comfortably drowsy, as she put it. Violet, like many other people aboard, didn't quite realize the urgency of the situation, and she went back to her room after helping passengers board boats. But as the ship tilted to a dangerous angle, it became clear that the circumstances were dire. She said in her memoir, I was ordered up on deck. Calmly, passengers strolled about. I stood at the bulkhead with the other stewardesses, watching the women cling to their husbands before being put into the boats with their children. Sometime after, a ship's officer ordered us into the boat first to show some women it was safe. As the boat was being lowered, the officer called, "'Here, Miss Jessup, look after this baby,' and a bundle was dropped onto my lap. The people in her boat were rescued by the ship the Carpathia after eight hours. The Titanic's sinking was a terrible incident, but Violet went back to work. In 1914, as World War I was beginning, Violet began serving as a nurse with the British Red Cross. Soon, she was back aboard a ship, this time the Britannic, the Titanic's sister ship. Just four and a half years after the Titanic incident, Violet was in another wreck. The Britannic struck a mine in the Aegean, but Violet again made it out on a lifeboat. In her memoir, she described being sucked under the ship's keel, hitting her head and escaping, only to discover she had fractured her skull years later when she went to the doctor for headaches. Violet worked as a clerk during the war, then continued her work as a stewardess. During her later years, she took more jobs as a clerk and in factories. After a brief marriage and 42 years at sea, she retired in Suffolk, England. Her memoir was published in 1997, decades after her death in May 1971. I'm Eve Stephcote, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to learn more about Violet, listen to the episode of Stuff You Missed in History class called The Unsinkable Violet Jessup. Keep up with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. We'll be back with more history tomorrow.
3: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
3: or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast.
1: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me,
0: Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a podcast where we examine the past from the present. The day was April 14, 1816. The largest slave rebellion in the history of Barbados began. Though it's often called Bussa's Rebellion after an enslaved man who may have led it, Bussa's true role in the rebellion has been debated by historians. Barbados was first occupied by the British in 1627. They established large sugar plantations on the island in the 17th century and enslaved West Africans to work the land. Society was split into white people, black people, and colored people. And among those groups, there were free people, indentured people, and enslaved people. Throughout the 17th century and into the early 19th century, the population of white people shrank while the number of black people grew due to the increase in enslaved people brought to the island. The planter elite held a lot of power, controlling the economy and government institutions. Though there was some resistance among enslaved people, slave-owning planters in Barbados did not face the magnitude of resistance that was happening on other Caribbean islands. There are instances of aborted plots and conspiracies among enslaved people in Barbados, but not many records of uprisings that came to fruition. Though there was some fear of Black rebellion among white people over the years, they remained complacent due to the absence of any large-scale revolts on the island. Meanwhile, the abolitionist movement was active in Britain in the late 18th and early 19th centuries. The British transatlantic slave trade was abolished in 1807. But this didn't immediately end the British slave trade, and enslaved people could still be transported between British colonies. To prevent the illicit trading of enslaved people, an anti-slavery society in Britain, called the African Institution, proposed a slave registry. In 1815, the House of Commons in England passed a bill requiring the registration of enslaved people. It became effective when colonial legislatures adopted it. Several islands in the British West Indies adopted the bill, but the Barbados House of Assembly rejected the registry bill. Planters feared that enslaved people viewed the bill as a ticket to emancipation and predicted uprisings. But a number of factors likely influenced the outbreak of the 1816 uprising, including the outcome of the Haitian Revolution and the actions of the planters themselves. On April 14, 1816, the evening of Easter Sunday, enslaved people from the eastern parish of St. Philip began setting fires on their plantations. The rebellion spread from St. Philip to neighboring parishes, such as Christ Church, St. John, and St. Thomas, where more estates were set on fire. A man named Bussa was likely a leader of the rebellion. Joseph Pitt Washington Franklin also likely had an important leadership role in the rebellion, but very little is known about either of them or anyone else who participated in the uprising. Martial law was declared on April 15th. Three days after the uprising began, local militia and Imperial troops shut it down. Hundreds of rebels were tortured and executed during and in the aftermath of the uprising. Others were deported, The plantocracy blamed British abolitionists for implying the prospect of emancipation and sparking the rebellion. The Slavery Abolition Act of 1833 abolished slavery throughout the British Empire and enslaved people were emancipated in 1834. At that point, a so-called apprenticeship period began until enslaved people were actually freed in 1838. I'm Eves Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. We would love it if you left us a comment on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Podcast. You can also send us any of your comments or questions via email at, thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
1: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And
0: together we're hosting
1: Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality Podcast.